Welcome to the scene. This is Screen Time. My name is David Chu, and I am a lover of film and pop culture. I am a theatre student here at UNE, and I am collaborating with Belgrave Cinema and Tune to bring you this show. Screen Time is essentially a program where I review films that are showing in Belgrave and talk and discuss and opinionate. So let me set the scene. For the second episode, today the movie on screen is The Marvels, a film in the Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is part of the phase for introducing the new Avengers. When looking at other iterations of Marvel, it is wildly different. Directed by Nia DaCosta, who has done works such as Candyman and Crossing the Line, they go into varying types of genres, such as horror, thriller, crime, and western. In this film, we have Brie Larson as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, Tayona Paris as Monica Rambeau, and Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. This movie is an action-adventure fantasy with some comedy smacked in throughout. In this movie, we have Carol, Monica, and Kamala get their powers entangled because of shenanigans from the Kree, a bracelet, and because all their powers are light-based powers, and now must save the universe. Nick Fury is in the back doing his best, and Goose is as adorable as ever. The only comment I would like to add is that it's weird that Miss Marvel no longer has stretch powers. First up, we have set design. As what I expect in a Marvel movie, the sets are either full and incredibly detailed, or bare. It is very prevalent in this film. The more detail that is in a setting, the more the audience can swap between the actors and appreciate the setting when the action itself is not up front. When the action is up front and the background environment becomes less important, for the plot is bare. The CGI could also be argued to be better than some of the more recent Marvel movies. From Captain Marvel's ship to Kamala Khan's room, every bit of space appears to be filled up, suitable to the location. Kamala Khan's room, for example, is messy but organized, with her drawings on a specific spot on her wall, bed and desk mushed together, laptop, and wall decorations, making the perfect fangirl-esque room. Action-focused scenes such as when the Marvels fight the Kree and save people become bare hallways and generally less detailed, such as while on the Kree ship. There is a singular black hallway where the fight takes place. One exception is a spoiler, so I will not say for the next few seconds. Kamala Khan's room. House. Next up, I want to talk about the scene. Scene designs are interesting. As I mentioned before, if there is little action, the more interesting a set. The set improves the scene. A scene with a more bare set will have more interesting action. Marvel's put incredible detail into both the scenes with action and scenes with more detail. For example, when the Marvels are learning to coordinate their entangled powers, it is on Captain Marvel's ship. They learn through using their powers while trying to move and predict where and how the other will end up. The action here is interesting, but the scene behind them is utilized and adds more to the action of the scene. 
The fight scenes are focused in bear sets, but because of the choreography, the audience focus is solely on the fight. The fight scenes were significantly better than the first Captain Marvel movie and had similar aspects to the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I am biased, however, as a Marvel fan, but I can recognize effort. The fight scenes, at worst, are still better than the more recent Marvel movies. Not as good as Guardians 3, but it comes one to two levels close to it. Now, some tropes we see in this film are family or found family, a tragic secret being a catalyst, and the three generations. Found family, specifically Kamala Khan joining Rambo and Carol, who are also found family. Cliché, but well done. They each possess an archetype in this family. We have the strong, the smart, and the new, which when done well, can be a good dynamic, and I will say now that it was. The tragic secret reveal added to the story, but not by much, even if it was the catalyst for the plot. The reason was most likely due to the movie moving at a fast pace, that the reveal had a lesser effect. It drives the creep, but does not drive Captain Marvel, at least not till the second half of the film, despite hints dropping earlier on. It probably also just took away from the Captain Marvel character, because it did make it seem like she was attempting to fix her secret, but she made no meaningful progress on it. And now the three generations. This also relates to the found family in the personalities. Other than the archetypes, we technically could call Captain Marvel the grandmother, Rambo the mother, and Kamala as Rambo's child. Grandmother, mother, and daughter, granddaughter. Which is kind of wild. The film tries to do a lot. And now, moving on to acting. Acting is fun. Every individual put their all into this movie, especially Kamala as the fangirl. The fangirl was the funniest thing about this movie. I expect some people to disagree on that with me. Some could say that she was overacting, but we don't care about them. I know I have seen some crazy fans too, and I'd say she was just the right amount of crazy. You could feel the emotion behind every character. It made scenes feel better, especially the awkward ones, even Captain Marvel. The only thing that I would say could be worked on is the expressions from Brie Larson. That could also be the intentional, so we can ignore that somewhat. Costumes. Costumes was funny. Costumes was interesting. To specifically focus on the Marvels for a second, there were three Marvels, and throughout the film, they each had changed clothes three times, going from original clothes, original superhero clothes, to leisure, and then to new and improved superhero clothing, which I found was interesting. It showed, I suppose, also the three aspects of just old, modern, and new. And now thinking about the costumes again, but from outside the Marvels, we had the Kree, the Skrulls, and a planet where communication is done by singing. Now the Kree and the Skrulls had their consistent uniforms. Doesn't matter if they were soldiers or not. They had consistently coloured uniforms in both races. 
which I thought was a little strange, but it also makes sense at the same time. And now for the complete opposite of uniforms, we had the planet where everyone communicated by singing. Every single person wore something different, something bright and colourful, and something that wasn't constricting. It was literally the complete opposite of everything else we had seen so far. I wouldn't even know where to describe what type of clothing they were all wearing. There was plenty of decorations on top of the clothing and accessories as well. Everyone seemed completely decked out on this specific planet, and it was actually kind of crazy. But that is all I have to say for the costumes. Short, they were good, but that's it. Now the script, the script was a classic A and B plot. A, centered on the Marvels, and B, on Nick Fury. I'll choose to focus on Nick Fury this time because it has been mainly on the Marvels so far. Nick and Goose are back. They are primarily separated from the Marvels on a space station above Earth with the rest of Kamala's family and Saber. Fury is dealing with Kamala's family being slightly rowdy and, spoiler, Goose is pregnant. There are a lot of adorable cats running across the space station. The B-plot shares less screen time with the A-plot, and while less important, is a nice break from the action and also adds more comedy to the heartwarming and wrenchingness that is the A-plot. The A and B-plot method allows for more freedom, the freedom to show different perspectives. While the Marvel's action is great, sometimes we wonder about those we left behind. It makes the world feel more complete and real. Sometimes it helps to show the effects of the outside plot when the outside plot meets the inside, but it does not take away from the story if the outside plot is shown as well. There are many methods to storytelling, and in storytelling, like this film, there are messages for audiences, generally some more predominant than the others. This film has two predominant messages, only if you reflect on it. Fix your mistakes and be open to support. Fix your mistakes teaches responsibility, which every adult needs, and the children must eventually learn. Weirdly, the first half drops hints of what Captain Marvel did and why she feels she has the responsibility to fix it, but she does not. She claims to want to fix it, but does nothing about the specifics until near the end of the film. And as for the second message, to be open to support, this is a reminder that there are people everywhere who can support you in surprising places and in surprising ways. This, when reflected on, is wholesome, and it can remind you of friends and family that have helped you in the past, making this film feel more nostalgic and enjoyable, if you look at it from the past. Now, from an audience perspective, this film is great. Action is good, the comedy is good, the acting is good, the story is long, but moves quickly making it an hour and 45 minutes and most seem to give this a 4 out of 5 or 7 to 8 out of 10 with some variance of course. Critics have given a slightly lower but still appreciative mark with 6 to 8 with some variance. Many simply say the film is enjoyable but messy which I do agree upon. I personally like messy just like my episodes. Who doesn't love weird, but a little bit wholesome? Now, I just want to quickly talk about the singing planet. I thought that was simply amazing. Everyone had so much energy when just dancing and singing for that 
only very brief part of the film. My favorite joke is actually on this planet. It's when the Marvels talk to the prince and literally talk because he's bilingual, so he can speak normally and sing, communicate. This was also this planet where Captain Marvel and the prince had a dance scene where they were also singing. And I'm like 90% sure that that was not Brie Larson's actual singing, but the attempt was made. It was amazing to watch. So to summarize all up, I loved the Marvels. I loved the film. Kamala was my favorite character here, along with Fury and Goose. The fights were great. Comedy got me to laugh on a second watch. Not every joke, obviously. I personally put this film at 8.5. Of course, I also semi-view this film as a standalone, as it doesn't delve too much into past films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. In which case, I stand at 8.5. Yes, it also does move along quite quickly. But that is enough of that. Thank you to Belgrave Cinema. If you feel like enjoying a movie, why don't you pop on down? 145 Dumeric Street. See you again next week. This was Screen Time on Tune 106.9, going to the credits.